Merry Christmas and thank you for joining us today. City Life is able to continue to do ministry through the generosity of people like you. Now, if you would like to contribute to the ministry financially, we've made it easy for you to do so. Simply text to give 77977, the number on your screen, or you can give through the giving link below. I hope you enjoy the service. In Luke chapter number two, it says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree and a census that should be taken throughout all of the Roman world and everyone was to go to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, which is the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. And he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Because today, in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, and he is Messiah, he is the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, and they were praising God, and they were saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. Well, it's Christmas Day. And this is one of those days that I love so much. It's one of those days that I always really looked forward to as a child. Uh, you see, around our home when I was growing up, it was a very Christ-centered holiday. We enjoyed it thoroughly. And, and Jesus was at the center of all, and this story was at the center of it all. You see, my family, what we would do is we would get the Christmas tree, and usually it was a live tree. We'd put it up in early December and we would decorate it. And we would do it as a family event. I love putting the decorations and the tinsel and the, the lights on the tree. It was so much fun. And, and, and it would always build up to Christmas Eve. You see, because we opened our presents on Christmas Eve. It was a really sacred, uh, memorable night. And, and the truth is, my parents planned it the way, that way. And, and the way it really worked for us on Christmas Eve was like this. Mom, she would uh, make this incredible meal for all of us. We loved the meal. And, uh, but, but, but really, our thoughts were on what was under the Christmas tree. Well, we would go into the living room, but there was a ceremony attached to it. The way it would work is dad would take out his Bible and he would read what I just read to you. He would read to you the Christmas story. He read it to us and we loved it. And, and then mom would have us gather around the, uh, the, the piano. And she loved to sing and play the piano, and, and she would pound out these wonderful Christmas carols about Jesus and Him coming into this world. And all of us, we would just sing and sing and sing all the Christmas carols, and sometimes multiple verses of those carols. And I do remember enjoying the moment, but I still wanted the gifts that were under the tree. Well, 
after all of that was over, Dad would get under the tree and start handing out the gifts. And he'd hand them out one at a time, making sure every single one of us had uh, plenty of opportunity to be the focus of attention. And we'd open the gifts and take a look at them. And, and it, was, it was a fantastic time. And, and I remember that, that after all of that was over, after all the, the uh, presents had been given out, uh, we would begin to clean up the living room. I remember that because I didn't want to do that part. But then after that, everything kind of goes into a blur for me because I can't remember what anyone else did after that. I just remember playing with the toys that I got for Christmas and trying on the clothes and, and, and just enjoying the moment until I crashed, until I fell asleep. Mom and Dad would always go to sleep before me on Christmas Eve. And then Christmas morning, I would wake up. Now, I was like always the first person out of bed, according to my recollection. And I would go in to the living room where the Christmas tree was. And I would go over and plug it in. I would get the lights turned on. And I would lay under that Christmas tree and I would just gaze up at the lights. A lot of times having my toys that are right there with me, sometimes continue to play with them right in front of the tree. I loved it because the lights were still out of the house. It was still dark outside and the only light that was shining was the light that was shining from the tree. And it's a memory. Those are, those are memories that will never go away. I love the way that lights are a big part of Christmas. Uh, you know, it's, it's a part of our uh, celebration, and I think it should be. In fact, if you were at City Life last uh, Sunday, you received one of these. Now, now, this little thing says, do not open until Christmas, but hey, that's what it is. It's Christmas. So go ahead and open up your candle. And, and if, you, if you received your candle, please get one. Get it opened up now. Now, if you didn't receive a candle, you weren't here, just get any kind of a candle because I want you to participate. And, and get something to light that candle with because I'm going to explain to you here in just a minute how we're going to use these candles and what we're going to do with them because it is important to our celebration today of Christmas. Now, it's important though that we understand what Jesus is about. You see, Jesus is about light and light always dissolves darkness. It's just a fact. It always works that way. I mean, do you realize that the very first words that are recorded that God ever said was the command to give light? I mean, God said, let there be light. And then the light happened, and, and God said, this is good. He said, this is the first time he said, this is good. He created light, and he said, it's good. See, it's interesting. God didn't create the sun first. He actually created light first. You see, you have to think about this because everything in creation was really contingent upon being able to experience it in the light. In fact, creation isn't anything to experience without light. So it even makes sense that Jesus himself referred to himself as the true light that gives light to everyone. And I think that light should be a huge part of Christmas. It should be a part of it because it's really the evidence of Jesus coming into this world. I mean, John said it well. He said, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, the most common traditional symbol for Jesus being the light of the world is this, which is a single undecorated white candle. And hopefully you have one of these today. And, and what I would want you to do is to take your candle right now and turn the lights off in your house. Uh, maybe even pull the shades, pull the blinds, and, and make it as dark as you can. And, and get your light and go ahead and 
and begin to shine it. Some of you have maybe two or three or four or five of these according to how many people are in your family, but go ahead and light your candle now and watch the beauty that unfolds right in front of you. You see, what you'll end up doing is you'll do just like I did, just stare at the light. You can't help but just enjoy the moment that's there. Now, while you're getting your candles lit, I want to tell you a story. Uh, the Jewish friends of mine right now, they're celebrating this this uh, annual celebration called Hanukkah. Now Hanukkah is the festival of lights, but this tradition actually started about 160 years before Jesus. You see, the Syrians were oppressing the Jews in Jerusalem and, and uh, and they'd just, just been driven out by this army of Jewish people. And, and so they came back into Jerusalem and they found the temple and it was in, it was in shambles. I mean, it was a huge, huge mess. Uh, it was defiled. They, these guys had, had just made the temple just a horrible place. They had desecrated it, really. So, so they came back in and restored things and cleaned things up. And, and, and then they set up a dedication ceremony, or really a rededication ceremony. And that dedication ceremony was set up for the 25th day of the Jewish month of Kislev. And when it came time for them to light this uh, multi-branched lamp that was there in the temple called menorah, they began searching throughout the temple to find the oil for it, but, but they could only find one small jar of this sacred oil that had been sealed by the high priest. And, and so they went ahead and used it, but miraculously, this oil did not burn out until eight days had passed when new oil had been consecrated and prepared and they could begin to use new oil. So since then, the Jewish people have observed this holiday for eight days, remembering the miracle of the light that was provided on this day. Now, it's no coincidence though, that I believe that we're celebrating Jesus right now, which is the light come into the world. Now, this story actually has another dimension to it because you fast forward 160 years and the Jewish historian Josephus tells us that, uh, that there were, by this time, four massive, huge candelabras that would be lit. And they were lit and, and they, were being, they were being used by this or consumed with this uh, oil, massive bowls of oil. And the blaze from these 16 flames, they could be seen all over Jerusalem. And, and it was actually at that time when Jesus strolled up to the temple, stood there in front of those massive blazes of light, and he spoke these words for the first time. He said, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Isn't it amazing? I mean, Jesus brightens us today. He brightens our hearts. He, he warms our lives. He, he illuminates our mind and he guides our way. In fact, Isaiah, the prophet, he stated it very well. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, the light has dawned. Think about this. No more darkness for us. I mean, that's what I love. I and mean, just look at the light that's in front of you. Watch that candle. Watch that flame flicker. I mean, it's, it's, it's attractive, isn't it? Your eyes are drawn to it. And even the darker your room, the more your eyes are fascinated by that light that's flickering in front of you. You see, this is really the representation of Jesus. Isaiah prophesied a lot about this light of Jesus, as I just stated. He actually had quite a bit more to say in Isaiah chapter 9. In fact, he tells us that his light dissolves gloom and distress for your life. 
I mean, do you feel like you're just obscured in darkness, maybe surrounded by calamity and affliction and oppression and you're constantly under pressure? Well, the light of Jesus will drive that away for you. See, his light also restores your honor, Isaiah says. God wants to restore honor to you. I mean, are you experiencing just an oppressive mentality? You just feel like so you're so dishonored by others, but even you dishonor yourself. You feel like maybe even the destinies of your life are under a curse. Well, well, God wants to bring you back to your destiny, and, and God wants to give you the honor of your destiny again. You see, the light of Jesus will restore your honor. Another thing his light does is it provides fresh vision for your journey. You don't have to keep walking around in darkness, wondering if your next step is going to take you off a cliff because Jesus is going to illuminate your journey, his light will, so that you can regain that vision for yourself and you can begin to see where you're going. And I'm going to tell you, you don't have to walk around in darkness anymore because the light of Jesus will shine for you. In fact, beginning next year, uh, I'm going to be sharing a lot about reclaiming and reestablishing vision for your life and simplifying it and surging forward and moving into it. Another thing that his light does is his light restores and renews your joy. Now, the nice thing about joy is joy is more than happiness because happiness is really based upon a positive rush of emotion uh, regarding a circumstance that happens to you. And, but joy, it's, it's this abiding perspective on life. It's just in you, in the good times, in the bad times, in the times of happiness, and even in the times of sadness, the joy is there which carries you through. And I want you to be controlled by joy. And that's what Jesus and his light actually brings to you. And finally, the other thing is his light frees you from fear. You don't have to be afraid about what tomorrow holds. Some of you are very concerned about what is unraveling in your future. And uh, you don't have to be afraid that you're gonna take a wrong step or that life is falling apart for you or other people around you. I remember my dad wrote this, and I read this a few months ago in his memoir. Dad talks about his family trekking through the, uh, the roads in North Carolina and in Tennessee. In my dad's memoirs, he writes about his family trekking uh, to and from church around the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee, North Carolina, and, and they would be coming back from church on Sunday evenings. And, and especially during the darker months, like right now, uh, Dad said it was really challenging because it was just so dark out going home. Of course, there were no street lamps and street lights. They lived way, way out in the country. And so, so since Dad was the oldest of the siblings, his father had assigned him the task of being the lantern carrier. And he would carry the lantern a few steps ahead of his younger siblings and his parents. And he would have the lantern in one hand, and Dad said he would have a knife in the other. And, and he would go ahead just watching for anything that might be in the path. And occasionally he would find some snakes. And, and Dad says he killed a few snakes, protecting the family, blazing the trail for them as they came behind him so the little brothers and sisters and mom and dad didn't have to walk in any kind of fear. And I just think about that. That's, that's really... That's really what Jesus does for us. That's what his light does for us. See, his light, it goes ahead of us to illuminate our path, to, to clear our path, so that we don't have to live and operate in fear because Jesus is ahead of us. Really, no matter where you turn in the scriptures, you're going to find that Christmas is all about light. In fact, 
on Christmas Eve each year, my mother would sing this one song, and it was a staple for our Christmas celebration. It was Silent Night. Now, when, when I would sing these words, I began to think a little bit about them, and I, I thought, wait, we're talking about Silent Night, Holy Night, and then we're talking about all is calm and all is bright. And, and I remember thinking about that, oh, why are they saying it's bright? And, and the reason that I came up in my mind was that the author or you know, the, the person who wrote the lyrics really couldn't think of another word to rhyme with night, and so he used the word bright. But hey, I've grown up and I know that it's now intentional that he meant to put it that way, all is calm, all is bright on the silent night. You see, the song goes on to say in the third verse, it says, Son of God loves pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord at thy birth. Let's hear those words again that Jesus spoke when he was standing in front of the temple and the flames and the light was burning behind him. He said, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. What a truth. What an incredible promise. Really, it's the most amazing thing you could ever experience, the light and the life of Jesus. My challenge for you today is to simply be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've never surrendered your life completely to Jesus, or maybe over the course of your life, you've drifted away from your relationship with him. And, and if you wanna know the Jesus that I've been talking about today, if you want a new beginning, if you want to embrace your God-given sense of purpose, then I'm gonna give you just an opportunity to receive that and to respond right now. Just a moment, I'm going to close with a prayer. And if you want to be included in this prayer and surrender your life completely to Jesus, then I'm going to ask you to simply pray these words with me. In fact, it would be good if everyone who's hearing me just simply whispers these words with me. You can close your eyes. You can look at the beautiful candle that's in front of you, which is the symbol of Jesus. And just simply say these words. Dear Jesus, Thank you for coming into this world as the light of the world. Thank you also for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to let your flame burn in me. Jesus, restore my honor. Jesus, dissolve my gloom and distress. Jesus, give me fresh vision for my journey ahead. And Jesus, renew my joy and free me from fear. Thank you for your light. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. 
Now we believe that something special and unique happens when we all gather together under the name of Jesus. And next Sunday, instead of our regular worship times, we are going to be having one special worship gathering at 5 p.m. At 5 p.m. New Year's Day, and we are going to be gathering together to kick off the year strong. I invite you to be a part of that. Now, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. It is God's heart that no one should perish. I love that about God. But I want to ask you the question. I wonder who in your world may be perishing. I wonder who in your world may be far from God. And that's why City Life exists. City Life exists for people far from God. Our heart is to see people week after week come to know Jesus and experience that love of God, people who are on that perishing end. Now, City Life exists for those people. We are a force passionate about seeing people far from God experience the love of Jesus. And now, I invite you to be a part of that vision. You can do so through your tithing and your giving. And we invite you to do so online. We make it very easy for you. You can text City Life to 77977, the number on your screen, or you can simply use the giving link below. Now, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, and we will see you next Sunday at 5 p.m.